Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Sports. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up, yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, Heater Locklear, though. Have you seen her? That's Heather Locker that smokes. Super, she's a little trashier, so she's like more gettable. Will Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrood Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fan. Man, I was want to dance coming into hour two feeling good. Aye, 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 aye. A capital cities for you. These guys have beards. You know how to rock. Get the groove going. Uh, hey, you made it to hour two of the Center and the Saint. If you missed anything from hour one, you can go to 1080thefan.com and download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. You're getting a lot better at saying that. Yeah, I've been practicing. I just slow it down. Here's the thing. I have a tendency to speed up and talk faster when I'm trying to get through something, and uh, you just realize you just slow it down, man. Slow it down. Let make sure people hear what you're saying. Yeah. You can be passionate without hurrying, but I get so friggin' excited oh, I... about the podcast. I mean, the ability. Here's yeah. the thing. The magic of the technology that we have. You sure. can just go back and listen to something that's already played on the radio. Oh, that's... Uh... I agree with that. Mind blowing. You can't talk slow without keeping the energy up. Oh, I uh, just you know. I'm pretty excited that's about that. Pretty myself. exciting. A uh, quick programming note for anybody that listens to this station outside of the normal nine to eleven uh, on Saturday mornings. Yeah, Mina Kimes is hot. That's our programming note. Mina Kimes is not that hot. Yes, she is. No, you're look drunk. it up. She's I hot. I just looked it up. I, Got it on my screen right now. She's on the Levitard show in an Elmo costume, and I almost fainted. Oh, that's because you think Elmo's hot. Well, that too. You All mix right. those two things. Yeah. A uh, quick programming note on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth. That is. Uh, Thursday and Friday of next week, Will Darkins and Luke Anderson, the sinner and the saint, will be hosting Dustin Cam in the morning. You're drunk. Well, actually, I might be drunk for those shows. You probably should be. That's actually a really good idea. I Let's... think we're going to be the only ones in this building. I mean, we are now, but <laughs> yeah, fair point. That's really not, that's nothing new no, for us. No, that's not true. Or... The guy from the Wolf wanted to borrow a phone charger. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so usually we're uh it's just us or maybe one other person whenever we do this show yeah well it's it, it's weird when i first started at this the company i didn't have uh any reason to be in here during the week so i'd only come in and this building is a labyrinth 
Yes. And so I had no idea where anything was in the office. So occasionally I'd come in and meet with the program director or promotions or whatever. And you'd come in and you would have no idea where anything is. It probably takes at least six weeks to figure out wh- which way's up. Yes. And also, uh, you know, with technical issues, you learn pretty quick about radio uh, programming and engineering. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially when you uh, like have Alex Crawford filling in for the producer <laughs> and he doesn't show up and you're like, all right, I'm going to have to do a one man show, but I'm also going to produce it. I'm going to have to run the board and figure all this stuff out. And so you're on the phone trying to figure out what buttons to push. So it's not just dead air. And then he shows up about 830, 930 and, and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Just just. <laughs> Is that your Crawford? Oh, I, I yeah, mean, but just, just press the stack button. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's a pretty good impression, I guess. Um, hey, are you watching any of the bowl seasons so far? Uh, I was forced to watch the Vegas Bowl because I ran the board for it. It was on the fan, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was really lame. It was kind of cool to see Jeff Tedford win 12 games at Fresno where he had started. Well, and Marcus McMarion where he Started with the Beavs and won a won a Civil War game. Yeah, I guess so. It was just a really lame game. Nikhil Harry wasn't playing because yeah. he's smart and he's going to play in the NFL. But, um, you know, a lot of the bowl games so far haven't been too exciting. So I don't are, think. We talked about this last week, but they're talking that the popularity of these bowl games doesn't really matter to advertisers and it doesn't really matter to broadcasters. So ESPN broadcast the vast majority of these bowl games, especially the ones that nobody really seems to care about. But ESPN put out an article saying how successful it's been for some of the advertisers, and you don't seem to see any bowl games that don't have a sponsor attached to them. So if they continue to grow these, this year there's 20 players that are sitting out to prepare for the NFL. Soon it will be anybody in the first two rounds just won't even bother showing up unless it's a New Year's Six game, which you know honestly may be the case right now. I mean, haven't we had this conversation a lot? I know it started with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, but uh, I mean. Well, the, the, I guess that's my point is is we continue to have these bowl games and these kids go out and play. You play because you played in bowl games. Do you think that there's any reason for us to push and whine? Because I look at it like baseball season. One of your biggest complaints is it's too long. You need to shorten the season. Then I'd be interested. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. You Really? Well, if there if, was an 84 game major league baseball season. Yeah. And if Portland had a team, yeah, <laughs> See, that's, that's yes, a caveat, yeah. but, but it's, it's the, because they're there doesn't mean you have to watch them. So if they eliminated or if they eliminated, you know, half of the bowl games, there'd still be 20 games you didn't want to watch. Well, so right yeah. now. Yeah. So I guess my question is as a, as a former player and somebody that played in a couple bowl games, if you added six more bowl games and that meant 12 more teams got to play does the benefit for the players and the ability to go out and do these make it worth continuing to do it? Is there any reason for these teams to continue playing? Well, yeah, it's for the team and it's for regional purposes. And, you know, I've changed my opinion a little bit on how uh, I perceive the kind of bottom rung bowl games. I mean, the ones that we're watching the SoFi Hawaii bowl and all that stuff. I mean, I'm watching the one right now, um, the Jared Birmingham bowl, and there's no one in the stands. Nobody (laughs) went to that game except for people that are following Wake Forest or Memphis. And so I, I get it that, you know, it's a little disappointing when you watch on TV and there's nobody there and these games kind of suck. But for the most part, every bowl that I ever played in, it's really, really exciting for the fan base. And it's really, really exciting for the team. And even bowl games like this one where you win six games or really in Memphis's case, you win eight Shh, games. They have everything tarped up there. Yes. Um, Holy cow. The both end zones. Bowl games for the most part are probably one of the most special experiences you can have as a player because it's kind of a summation 
of your year. And if you're a senior and you get to play in one, that's even better because you're just going out on a high note. And everything just seems really cool and really fun, and everything's very easygoing for the most part. Every bowl experience I had from the three that I went to, it, it was all the seniors seemed extremely relaxed, and it was this kind of great footnote at the end of your college career. And, and so it's for, I guess what I'm saying is, it's for the fan base and the players more than anything. I yeah. get it that the national audience doesn't want to watch it, and you really only pay attention to the New Year's Six or maybe some of the yeah. better bowl games that uh, are kind of offshoots, like the Michigans and Floridas, what have you. But I, I think adding more bowl games, there's a danger that you just completely outwash the market. But the good side is that you just strengthen teams' fan bases. Yeah, and uh, just we'll, we'll wrap it up on this, but the, the only other thing that I was kind of curious about is we often talk about the – the Alamo Bowl is a perfect example. Washington State expected to be playing in a bigger bowl game, and had they won the Apple Cup, they would have been. Yeah, so the they, Alamo Bowl. So they may be a little disappointed to be there, but you, Alamo Bowl and Outback Bowl are the like de facto. You're not in New Year's Day, but you're not a really crappy bowl game, but yeah. you're kind of good. So let's just put you over there. But but you also get this this argument. And, uh, they made it for Auburn last year. You have the one team that doesn't want to play in the bowl game because they had higher aspirations, and you have Iowa State playing against Washington State, who's geeked up to be there and have an opportunity to play against a really good team. When you played in bowl games, how much did the game and the results of it matter? Or how much was it a farewell to the seniors and let's go play one more bowl game and let's party a little bit the night before and get out there and just toss the pigskin around and have fun? Well, I think it depends on how your season ended. And for us, my first year when we were playing against Maryland in the Emerald Nuts Bowl, it was... Did you get nuts? Yes, we did. That was our bowl gift. (laughs) To this day, worst gift I've ever gotten. Hey, guys, congratulations on making it to the bowl game. Here's some nuts. Here's some nuts in your face. Uh, But uh, that season, it was kind of like, hey, we didn't think we'd be this good, and this is pretty cool. So let's go out there and play and end the season right. Year after that, when we made the Sun Bowl, and then even the year after that, when we made the Vegas Bowl, it was a disappointing end to our season because each time we had the opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl yeah. in our last game of the season. So it's a real so, thing. Yeah, it, it's 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 a real thing that you kind of just have a letdown game. Now, the Sun Bowl we won, but we set a record. It was the lowest scoring game of all time. <laughs> we won 3-0. to zero. Uh, And then the Las you Vegas Bowl. You always have that. Yeah, Las Vegas Bowl, if you're a Beavs fan, you know we historically just got thumped by BYU because most of us were drunk on the strip. Two hours. Did you get to block uh, on the field goal that that made? The uh, no, I didn't. I was not on the field goal team. Ah, too bad. Which is too bad because then you get to uh, the only point. Stick your foot out and (laughs) take that. All right, let's get back into the NFL. Let's take a look at the NFC playoff picture and who you think should be in or who you'd most like to see in of those teams in the hunt. Uh, NFC playoff picture next. Center and Saint. I need the fan. Did you rip this from your kids? uh, Kids Bob CDs. So my nephew first uh, discovered the Batman Smells version of Jingle Bells uh, this year. So he's over at my house the other day, just running through. But the thing I was trying to figure out is how does how does the verse the verses of it actually go? And so I was. his pants down in France and found them in Bombay is not the way we used to sing it. Oh. 
Yeah. Was that that little, lost a wheel? Little Einstein's tape or something? I don't know where this came from, but there seem to be uh, co- conflicting versions of Batman smells. Yeah, there sure are. Uh, so uh, send in your lyrics, 55305, uh, the Better You Today text line. How do you sing the Batman smells version of Jingle Bells? Because I'm trying to figure out what the actual lyrics are. I was going to correct uh, my nephew because I thought he had it wrong, but turns out I couldn't find it anywhere on the Internet to confirm it. And now I've got uh, Batman lost his pants in France and found them in Bombay. Shouldn't this be a song we ban? What's that? Batman losing his pants. Why is he losing his pants? I don't know. But is he uh, is a voyeur? Is he like exposing himself? Jingle bells, Batman smells. And it was always instead of Robin ran away, Robin laid an egg. Is that how you did it? Sure. I don't Do you know. not know the song? No, not oh, really. Well, then you're no help. No. Help me out. Text line. 55305, better you today, text line. Tell me your Batman Smells versions of the lyrics, or tell me I'm stupid and we will drop it. Um, the NFC playoff picture. Here's here's my, the truth about me and the playoffs. It uh, doesn't matter who's playing, I'm watching all the games. <laughs> but I will say that the NFL does a uh, pretty good job of making most of the games compelling. They Because you have a weak run-up, they usually do a pretty good job figuring out a storyline to make you interested in just about every NFL playoff game. But... Since we're on the outside looking in, you kind of hope that certain teams make it over others. The Vikings are the team that do not excite me at all going into this. Why? Because I hate Kirk Cousins so much. Really? But, that? Yeah, he bugs me. I know, man. That Plus defense, the Vikings wear purple. That defense is pretty sweet. I mean, they would at least be a challenge, you know? No, yeah. Like some of these other teams, you got like the Redskins. If the Redskins somehow like jiggered their way into the playoffs how awful would that be to watch that first round game uh it'd be wonderful because you'd have josh johnson starting at quarterback i'm all for that i mean but you hate like Daniel when the Snyder. texans it would be like when the texans made it or uh or like when the uh raiders got in but their quarterback was hurt and he had like who was it jared cook or something no it was geez i can't even remember who it was yeah. Yeah, it was somebody that you'd never heard of yeah but this is this is at least you have a little run-up where the backup quarterbacks are going to earn these spots. So we put on to Twitter at Center Saint 1080 a poll of who you want to see of the teams that are in the hunt. Go ahead and read it there, Will. Which NFC team in the playoff hunt would you like to see make the postseason? 5% of you say the Panthers. Good yeah, job. amen to that. Good Panthers. job, Pollers. Yep. Uh, uh, do you know who's playing quarterback? And we already talked about this. Let's see if you remember who's playing quarterback for the Panthers this week. Uh, Marcus Heineken. No. Well, who is it? Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Taylor Heineke. I was very close. Yes, Mark Heineken. I do know that he uh, played for Old Dominion. Yes, we talked about it at length, uh, but uh, I hope... What What is your big hope with this? Of what? That what? he comes in, plays so well oh, that yes. Cam Newton never comes back. Well, yes. I, I'm tired of Cam Newton. I, I have been exhausted by Cam Newton. Yeah. So you Everything need a playoff about run. Cam Newton. You need a Taylor Heineke uh, playoff run to, to boot Cam Newton out of there. That Monday night game, more than anything, just bothered me because you had a guy who looked like he had a very serious shoulder injury. He did. And they kept him in the game. They just kept him in there. There, Any backup, any of them, I would have taken Nathan Peterman over Cam Newton in that game. I'm serious about that because he was completely ineffective. And the worst part about it was after the game, he goes into a stupid press conference with those stupid flamboyant and loud clothes. Like, dude, yep. you need to turn it down. Go like, away. You, you used to be good. Now you're not. Go away. <laughs> Stop. 
Like, shut up. Let's go Hineke. Yes. Okay. Where else? It's going to be even sadder. <laughs> no, because you set me off on this. I know. It's going to be even sadder when they drop him in two years because they finally figure out how ineffective he is. And then another team picks him up, and he's a backup quarterback, and he's dressing like that in post-game uh, press conferences. What do you like about Cam Newton? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. If, you, if you're going to be this negative, can't you give him some positive reinforcement for something yeah, that he does? The yogurt he endorses is good. <laughs> He's not good in the endorsements, and I don't eat it because of him. But it's a good product. You made a wise selection there. Shirk. Eight <laughs> percent of you said the Redskins. Not people. Nobody's excited about that. Thirty-four percent said the Eagles, but fifty-three percent are going against you, and they say the Vikings. Oh, come on! I like the Eagles. I like to see the Eagles. I like to see Nick Foles. You just want to see Nick Foles part two. I love the backup quarterback run. The, the 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 funny thing that you've got here is you've got quarterbacks that have replaced the starter due to injury going into the playoff. You got Lamar Jackson, you have Nick Foles, you have Josh Johnson. Now you have Tyler Hineke or Taylor Hineke. Uh, but you've got all these guys that have, have been thrust into starting roles. You have all these guys that are young guys that are, that are going in. I'm excited to see Mitchell Trubisky, what he can do in the playoffs. If Jared Goff will get things turned back around Pat Mahomes, I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. Then you got a bunch of old guys, man. I can't remember it being this compelling going in just kind of, the known and the unknown going into a playoff situation. You got an awesome. You got an awesome hot take here on the Better You Today text line five five three zero five. Trave Cam Newton for Jameis Winston. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. So this, <laughs> I don't know if it's local, but it's Jingle Bells. Batman smells. Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. That's how it goes. Well, they don't. That's not the way they do it in the UK. They're talking about Batman losing his pants. Well, they're a little racier over there. I'll tell you what, but he found them in Bombay. I mean, those were the people that uh, brought you the uh, the Beatles, the Beatles. Well, I know there's a place in France where the women wear no pants. Oh. But the men don't care because they wear no underwear. Seriously, think about this, though, if you are the Panthers. Okay. Because I, I think Cam Newton is an interesting is an interesting topic right now, and it kind of side-relates to Carson Wentz. He won an MVP, took him to a Super Bowl. Think about this for a second. If you are the Carolina Panthers and you have Cam Newton, whose shoulder injury is extremely hindering at this point. So he, Andrew Luck. He, yeah, it looks like he could be another Andrew Luck where you sit out a season and a half and then you come back and you make baby steps. Well, he's, I think he's doing better than baby steps. I mean, they're they're looking like they could make yeah. be a playoff but team. At Andrew the very Luck's beginning of the well. season, he had to do yeah, baby steps time. and kind of get himself there. Yeah. If you're the Carolina Panthers and this is your franchise, do you cut the cord now? Do you say that, hey, maybe we need to move on because we got a lot of really good pieces that are not Cam Newton, like Luke Keekley, a great secondary and a future multi-purpose back in uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I guess the option is, do you take a, a piece that you need elsewhere? Or do you grab a quarterback in the draft? Is that what you're saying? Sure. You grab a quarterback in the draft or you go get one on the market right now. You go get one that might open up a free agency. Yeah. But who's on the market. That's better than Cam Newton. Well, is Cam Colin Newton, Kaepernick? Is Cam, is Cam Newton really that good? That's the question. Well, yeah, but again, who's on the market? The thing is middle of the road, starting quarterbacks in the NFL don't come available all that often. That's why the Kirk Cousins things was, was such a, you know, interesting thing that they were willing to go out and pay $84 million for him because Kirk Cousins isn't a top-five quarterback. He has good numbers, but he's not a guy that's gone out and won anything when he's in Washington. But guys like that don't come available, so the Vikings were 
willing to mortgage the farm to go out and get him. All right, here we go. I got a pretty sweet list of free agent quarterbacks coming up this next season. Okay. You ready for this? Is this as exciting as the 2020 NBA free agency read earlier? Yeah, that was like a six. This is a nine. Woo! Whoa, six and a nine. How would you like Tyrod Taylor instead of Cam Newton? Yeah, no, pass. How would you like Teddy Bridgewater instead of Cam Newton? Hard pass. How would you like Brett Hundley? Ooh, now we're talking. No. How would you like Trevor Simeon? Who's that now? Uh, he was that guy that I, started yeah. for the Broncos for no reason. Isn't that every guy that started for the Broncos since Peyton Manning left? I'm not done yet. Josh McCown? Yeah, no. Honestly, there's three guys on here I would take rather okay, than Sam Newton. Okay. Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, and I would no, really you take Trevor Simeon. Not. Yes, I would. You would Dude. not take Trevor Simeon over Cam Newton. That Monday you night game. You shut your fat pie hole. There's no way anybody in their right mind would trade right now to get Trevor Simeon, and they would give up Cam Newton. You're first a of all, moron. First of all, not fat. <laughs> Second of all, if you watch that Monday night game, that was horrendous. I honestly thought it was embarrassing that they kept him out yes, there. Yes, but really. he had a shoulder injury. That's yes. how much faith they have in their backup quarterback. But how That's... bad is that shoulder injury that you think surgery is actually going to help it? That's the concern they're having right now. Will surgery really help it, and or will it just extend the problem? Opponents were saying that they knew Cam Newton couldn't throw the ball deep, but even though opponents knew it, they were on a six-game slide. And at no point did the Panthers go, oh, we have a better option. Until they have a point zero 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 one chance at making the playoffs, and they go, ah, well, I guess we'll we'll dump him now because I think the the jig is up. But yeah, he's he's been hurt since midway through the season. They start out six and two with Cam Newton at quarterback. Shoulder gets dinged up, and everybody goes, well, I guess we don't want to put a safety back there. Hold anymore. on a second, gets dinged up again. What? This is a lingering injury. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What? That's is- the concerning part. This shoulder is not something that just kind of happened. <sighs> No, man, this is a lingering injury. This Football is something, dangerous. Yeah, of course it is. And this isn't anything as negative as I was about Cam Newton the past 10 minutes. <laughs> this isn't anything that is like, you know, uh, this is insulting his natural abilities. It's, dude, you play a certain style of football for a quarterback that's conducive to getting injured. Yep. You are now injured and you are damaged goods and you continually keep getting injured and it lingers and now it's affecting your play. I don't know if you're the best choice for us. No, Here's start- a great text right here. 55305, better you today text line. What about Joe Flacco? See, now that actually is a much better option than any of the guys that you mentioned on that list. Why not Why not give uh, Nick Mullins too much money? <laughs> <laughs> that always works out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not, say- I'm not saying that you don't go and add another quarterback to your roster, but I don't think you're making a trade. You're not going to trade Cam Newton for Joe Flacco. I'm I'm all for it. If you want to go and draft a quarterback or or make a move to add a veteran as a backup, but the the thing about the NFL quarterbacks, we see it all the time when guys go out and play chipped up. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers playing with you know one leg, and you see guys uh, Tony Romo is always playing with a fracture in his back, and you put these guys out there for such a long time because the drop off between starters in the NFL. And backups is huge. There's not a ton of guys that you put a lot of faith in, and you, your whole franchise is kind of tied to whoever you decide is going to be your quarterback. And it's jobs across the board of the, the offensive coordinator and your head coach and your general manager are all tied to what this one guy does. So there's such a hesitation to make a switch at quarterback in the NFL. And Cam Newton's been been as about as far as you can go without winning a Super Bowl and he's won an MVP and you hope that he can get back there and I think it, his injury may have saved Ron Rivera's job for one more year and to change 
you know, tactics right now would be pretty risky. Well, so. there was even talk that Ron Rivera might not even want to come back. It's it's the fact that dudes. I guess Cam and... Newton's pretty difficult to deal with, though. Yeah, yeah, pretty difficult. That's what they say. Um, and you know what's also interesting too is I feel like these things go in cycles. You remember when Cam Newton had his MVP year and everybody yep. said he is the face of the NFL. Now. Oh yeah. Do you remember uh, two years after that? Odell Beckham Jr. had himself an incredible year. He is the face of yeah. the NFL now. Well, listen, that Seems is like the face of the NFL always sucks really hard the next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, that kind of leads into our next conversation. Uh, LeBron James had some very harsh comments about the NFL and their ownership. And uh, if you're suggesting that a player gets really bad after they become the face of the NFL. That sounds like a good argument against LeBron. So we'll get to that next. You're listening to The Sin and the Saint on 1080 Fan. The Fan. Here is Will with the news. Yeah, don't let him grab you. Run. Get out of there. That Michael Bublé is a bad dude. He's going to pin you in the corner. I will point out that this is an Adina Menzel song featuring Michael Bublé. Not the other way around. This is her song. I wonder who has the most lyrics in this. I don't know. It's got to be a 50-50 split. I mean, they just trade yeah. back and forth, right? So if you haven't heard, uh, around the country, radio stations are refusing to play this song because uh, he, the, the, the males in the song are too aggressive. It's kind of weird. Hashtag, I still call it a pound sign. But doesn't she say, baby, it's cold outside, too? Yeah, they both so do. at the end of the day, she's just kind of like, yeah, you're right, it is cold, yeah, well, I'll stay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be different if the song was like him, like, have another drink. It is. I don't think he says that, does he? Yeah. So when? Yeah, at the end. Yeah, he, offers, <laughs> he does. He offers another drink. Just one no. more drink. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, well, it is kind of messed up then. Huh? Why? <laughs> it's, just, it's just people flirting. Doesn't get all bizarre, but it's like aggressive flirting, Luke. This is 2018. Yes, I know, and that's no longer allowed. All right, well, people are gonna start banning this radio station because we played it. This is not country, I know. I'm sorry for everybody that I offended. We thought we were just playing wholesome Christmas music, and I've offended a lot of people. I just need to come on and apologize. You can come on my radio show and tell me otherwise. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I just thought I'd So this relates back to a poll though. It does. Oh, yeah. Bring that poll up one more time. So which Christmas song, instead of this one, should... What's the next one that should be yes. banned? Which is the next Christmas song that should be banned? 10% of you say A White Christmas, which is racist. <laughs> People were saying that. 13% of you say The Drummer Boy, because it's gross. <laughs> 34% say Santa Baby, because you're probably pigs. <laughs> and 43% of you... Women don't need your gifts, Santa baby. Yeah. 43% of you say mommy kissing Santa Claus because that's my wife. You stay away from my wife. <laughs> that's what That's what really what we should be getting banned. Uh, all right. So uh, that fat man's coming after my wife. What did LeBron say that got everybody so fired up? Uh, he basically told the truth, which NFL team owners or slave owners <laughs> that's the truth yes that is the truth i did find something interesting about it because they were uh talking about it on one of the espn shows before i drove in this morning they were saying he likened it um you know the the statement hold on let me pull the statement up as it exactly is sure um but the statement he likened it to uh how the owners 
actually, uh, you know, sit at games where they are. So here's the quote. In the NFL, they got a bunch of old white men owning teams, and they got that slave mentality. And it's like, this is my team. You do what the F I tell y'all or or do or we'll get rid of y'all. And uh, the conversation, you know, this is a show he has called The Shop on HBO, which is about a barbershop that he has a bunch of celebrities and friends come in and talk. And I don't think chat. it's about the barbershop. Well, kind of is. They, you know, no, they just sit in a barbershop yeah, that one of his buddies owns. And just they, chopping and it up, having yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, they go on in the conversation. He says, you know, you can even tell because some of the owners will sit up in the skybox and there's this whole weird body language of them sitting over the field and watching over their workers. And uh, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of thought there was something interesting about that. I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, he also said that, you know, when players like Todd Gurley and Odell Beckham Jr. don't play, people are going to run away from the NFL too. But the NBA is is very different because if you if you look at, you know, just kind of the numbers that are built around it, the NBA players, certainly superstars, play a very long time, but there's a lot more money per player in the NBA. So the average NBA career is 4.8 years. The average NFL career is 3.2 years. And that may be because of injury. It's also larger rosters. But the average money made in an NBA career, so if you take the average salary, which is $5.2 million for an NBA player, and <laughs> multiply that out over... <laughs> pretty good that's freaking awesome and it's guaranteed right and you most multi- of it well that's that's at the end of their career they average yeah. people that have ended their career so then you average that out uh 5.2 times the 4.8 years your average player in the nba makes 24.7 million dollars and if you're smart and you invest it you never have to work another day in your life your average nfl career is 3.2 years and it's 1.9 million dollars per year for those players. So that multiplies out to $6.1 million that NFL players make. And again, if you invest it wisely, still, uh, still not bad. You probably still have to work, but uh, you could live very nicely for the rest of your life. I guess the whole difference is that you will also suffer most likely from debilitating physical yeah. ailments that you'll have to go to the doctor and pay a large medical bills. Well, there's no question that it's the most rigorous and partly the, the shortest duration of a career probably has a lot to do with injuries in the NFL, but it also has to do with huge rosters, and there's all, there's all kinds of turnover on these rosters. But let me just compare it just across the board for you really quickly. So NFL, $6.1 million using that formula we just did. NHL, $13.6 million. So the NHL, the, by far the least popular of the four major sports, your average player still makes more than double what they do in the NFL. Uh, you also have Major League Baseball at 17.9 million and then basketball at 24.7 million dollars for your average player. So I mean, I guess you can look at it for, through that lens and go, oh well, these NFL players aren't being treated fairly. But I think when you look at it and go, oh well, they don't they don't give these superstars the respect they deserve. Superstars in the NFL, do really well and make a lot of money, even though their contracts aren't guaranteed. You still have those guys propping up a lot of guys on a 53 man roster that never get anywhere near that average even. And then that making $1.9 million across their career. I mean, you have guys like Russell Wilson, who's playing for $600,000 for the first three years of his career. And had he gotten hurt, he would have been out of the league. And I don't think anybody would have thought a whole lot of it. The NFL is is powered by the fact that easy easy to gamble on, right? You have people that, that line up every Sunday and bet on the teams. It's powered by a league that keeps 
you know, adjusting their rules to protect the most valuable players, which are their quarterbacks. But it's it's also propped up by the stories that we've been talking about all day, which is when one guy goes down and you have a guy that steps in and plays well, Kurt Warner's story is is one that we look back on all the time. Trent Green was supposed to lead that fantastic Ram team to a Super Bowl. Well, guess what? Another guy got a chance and ended up becoming a star. You can have a star turn in an NFL season and become a huge story. And if you if you continue to do that, your career goes well. But there's also guys that disappear all the time after having this sensational moment. David Tyree has one play in his NFL career, and we still talk about him. Yeah, that huge catch he made against the uh, Ravens, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, that, wait, that was it. Mind. Well, he only has like six catches, I think, in his career. But, you know, you go and you pin a ball against your helmet and you're immortalized. And we build these guys up for one moment. The NBA is is a battle of attrition. It's a it's it's guys that have long careers. All the time we look at it and go, yeah, this guy was really good for a short little while, but he didn't win six championships. It helps when you have this, these long stretches. You play 84 game seasons, and you need to go out there and do it consistently night in and night out to be a superstar in the NBA. You can't come in. Like Jeremy Lin is an example of, of a guy that came out and had a 20-game stretch where the whole world went, oh, my God, and then he hasn't done anything since, and he's still an NBA player, but you just kind of go, eh, he disappeared. Nurk fever happened and disappeared on a 20-game stretch. You can do that in one play in the NFL. I think with the NFL, more than anything, it's the appeal of being completely idolized. Because in the yeah, NBA, but you can do it with one play in the NFL. Yeah, you can do it with one play in the NFL, and I think it really in the NBA, more than anything, I know you can become a star, but I don't know. Some people I don't think really crave that star mentality like what the NBA is, because really to be a superstar in the NBA – you have to actually keep up the persona as well. Yeah. That doesn't mean you won't get paid out the butt otherwise. Like Anthony Davis really isn't that interesting of a person, but he has paid an extremely large amount of money. Now, how much more money could he make if, say, he was very interesting like Damian Lillard or LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry and get all these endorsements and uh, become somebody who's a influencer? I don't know because he's not a very interesting person. But that's kind of what the NFL is like. You can do things on the field that make you an interesting person like Aaron Rodgers and still not be that interesting outside of it. I know he has the state farm commercials, but I mean, who's his wrangler? That guy can't act. Yeah, I get that. But the, the other, the, the big difference between when you look at the NBA and the NFL, you have 82 press conferences in an NBA season. That takes five seasons in the NFL. Your average player doesn't, make it five seasons in the NFL. You, you, The moments are magnified because there's fewer of them. If you can go and make a big play in a big game, you're immortalized forever. In the NBA, it is about doing it consistently. There's a million guys in the NBA that have come out and had 30-point games and then gone back to the bench and never played again. Kyle Corver. Rich, Richie, Fromm, Rich, Richie Fromm, a kid from Battleground High School, uh, came out and scored 30 points when he filled in for Ray Allen in Seattle, and then he ended up playing in Europe the next year because Ray Allen came back and he never got a shot well, to get back the in the game. Well, the same with Yeah, all these. Is Myers yeah. Leonard, what's Myers Leonard's uh, career scoring high? I looked this up just the other day. Uh, so you know it? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess... 18 points. 24 points. Oh. Myers Leonard has scored 24 points in a game. That doesn't make you a superstar. You score six touchdowns in a game. If it's a playoff game in the NFL, you're going down in history forever. Derrick Henry somebody who's riding the coattails of a great performance. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. And if he can keep it going, he can become a star. If he would have done that in a Super Bowl, he could go down in history forever. Uh, all right. We need to get to uh, the hot news segment, What to Watch. And we'll end the show with that next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. The number one on my big board of Christmas songs, Fairy Tale of New York, The Pogues. All right, Mark. Uh, tell me why. Tell me why this is so great. Tell me why it is. Uh, it's, it's it's a romantic ballad uh, that just puts me in a mood of Christmas. It uh, has ups and downs. It has joy and sorrow. It has love and hate. And, and it's uh, not racist. Well, I don't know. They're Irish, so I assume he's racist. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. This song just, uh, for some reason, always gets me in the spirit. And, uh, you know, I don't know. What's your favorite Christmas song there, homie? Uh, uh, rocking. Uh, what is it? Rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, rocking around the Christmas Brenda tree. Brenda Lee. Yeah, hey, that works for me. All right, it's time for uh, what to watch. Uh, this is brought to you by Encore Audio Video. We will have uh, in the new year some fancy uh, production music around it. Uh, but we really like the idea for this, and it doesn't officially start until next year. But we wanted to get it rolling because I think it's a fun segment. Uh, so if there's one micro moment that you're watching for one detailed piece of a game, of a of a series, of something that you're watching for. What are you watching for this weekend? I am watching for Baker Mayfield to solidify himself as the best rookie quarterback of this class. In their game against the Bengals, this is the second time that they're playing them this season. Of course, you remember uh, the first time uh, he very famously at the end of the game shook hands with Hugh Jackson and just looked like he wanted to kill him. Uh, if he brings that same mentality and he's able to just throw as accurate as he has been this entire season, I think uh, definitely you call him the best quarterback of this class. Now I say that very well knowing that Lamar Jackson is carrying the Ravens into the playoffs, but eh, you know, uh, he doesn't know how to throw. So. I'm, I'm looking for uh for a Baker Mayfield crotch grab like he did in college. Um, no, uh, what I'm looking for uh, for your Marcus Mariota fans out here. How about this for a stat? Marcus Mariota has the highest passer rating in the NFL when under pressure this season, and he's the only quarterback in the NFL to have a higher rating when under pressure than when not under pressure. So he's Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's, he's Marcus Mariota. He's is what diet, he is. He's diet Aaron Rodgers. Well, so but here's here's what I'm really watching for. So the Redskins and Titans are both in the playoff hunt. The Redskins have the highest percentage of pressure on a quarterback of any team. So that is where the Redskins are making hay. It's getting pressure on the quarterbacks. This year, when they're pressuring quarterbacks, they've allowed just one touchdown and forced seven interceptions. If Marcus so, Mariota could just keep himself healthy. Well, that's a thing. That's Thank a thing. But he can't because he needs that pressure to play well. Yeah. He just can't take it afterwards. So watch Marcus Mariota and see what he does when he gets under pressure against the Redskins because that'll be the difference of whether or not they're a playoff team or not. Uh, what game are you watching this weekend? Uh, game? Ooh. God, you tripped me up on this one. What? Yeah. I told you what we were doing. You didn't really prepare me for uh, Yes, this. I did. I'll tell you what I uh, am watching, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a one if you want it. Uh, but I'm going to watch uh, the Seahawks-Chiefs. I think that's the most interesting game as a Seahawks fan. I want to see what they're going to be able to do against playoff-caliber teams. I think this is a good test. And uh, the Chiefs uh, are playing for home field advantage in the AFC, so this means a lot to Kansas City, and uh, it gives uh, Seattle one step closer to locking up uh, the fifth seed, which I think you want because I'd much rather play the Cowboys 
than the Bears. So that is the game that I'm watching is Seahawks Chiefs. I'll give you one if you don't have one. Uh, the other yeah. high-profile one, of course, is the Steelers and the Saints, which both teams are kind of, well, really the Steelers are just kind of petering in their playoff position at this point. Saints still kind of have to Saints have looked a little, a little rough, though. Uh, actually, though, the game that I'm interested in, just out of morbid curiosity, is Bill's Patriots because the Patriots just continue to look worse every single week. And the Bills, for how bad they are, get better every week. No, there you go. And Josh Allen's been playing pretty well. Just a little better every single week. So, I mean, I know this is in Foxborough, so chances are that they would lose pretty low. But I find that to be an interesting game. Fair enough. Uh, What are you watching uh, outside of sports this weekend? Outside of sports? Hold on. Let me get the cable box up because you know me. I like to get my TV schedules on. (laughs) Jeez, how are you so unprepared for this segment? Well, I'm doing a lot of stuff back here. Okay, well, I'll start with mine. Okay. And this is uh, from yesterday's show. Anybody that listened uh, to us talking about Dirt and Sprague heard you give a very impassioned speech for everyone needing to watch a movie called jingle all the way yes and look for possibly the most awkward moments in any movie ever uh when arnold schwarzenegger is trying to be a dad and so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna try to find a copy of jingle all the way yes and i'm gonna watch what might be the best christmas movie ever the karate scene just karate scene is karate what i'm looking scene. for you also there was also a costume where he dresses up like something Yes. I've never seen Jingle All the Way. Well, and a texter very aptly texted in and said he dresses he dresses as this rocket guy thing, and then he picks his son up, and he talks to his son, and the son doesn't know it's his dad. It's like, because, how do you because not know Because nobody can tell Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent. Your dad has a pretty distinct voice. So I'll, I'll try to watch Jingle All the Way, and then we can talk more about it next week. On TLC, starting at 2 o'clock today, you have a nine-hour um, Say Yes to the Dress marathon. Yes to the dress. That's what you're watching. You are engaged, right? You have a wedding to plan. And sometimes I don't want to watch what I watch. (laughs) There you go. All right, we are done. Uh, I think this is the last live show before Christmas on the fan. So everybody have a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, We appreciate you letting us uh, be part of your day. We are done. Bye-bye. Juice. Wow. It's red. Code red. Oh. KD, you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? KD, LeBron, he gonna yam on you.